Welcome back to another episode of Siblings Off Topic. I'm Jazz. And this is Damien. And today we've got an interesting topic. Uh, we're going to go ahead and discuss the school system and how I think it failed us. So do you think that the school system failed us? I believe so. I believe the school system. At least for me, I, I believe that they failed me. In many ways. I, I feel like now they're kind of introducing better things into a school. And that's uh, something that we learned recently. And literally just this morning, <laughs> to be exact. But I feel like because of the age of technology growing, because, you know, in my last maybe two years of high school is when we got introduced into, like, having laptops yeah. in the school. I wasn't having no laptops at no school. Yeah, so I think they've kind of had to transition their curriculum. And then especially with COVID that passed, you know, they really got into the technology thing. So I think they're learning a little bit more about the outside world. But I guess to start us off, you know, right off the bat, definitely going from high school to college, one thing they didn't prepare us for was writing. Yeah, I agree, especially when they had you do five paragraph essays and yeah. certain wordage, how you frame, this is how you start the first paragraph. Like, to begin with, an onomatopoeia. Second of all. An onomatopoeia. So, I feel like, you know, the five paragraphs, five sentences, uh, that doesn't help you write an eight-page paper. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I mean, was like, maybe 70 I, words. I was <laughs> like, how do you make these 25 sentences? sentences last <laughs> eight pages <laughs> some of them get what a thousand two thousand some of them can get up to that amount yeah like they'll definitely make you they stop being so specific on word count after like a certain amount they're like give us eight pages and we're not gonna like hold you to the word count because is there a special font you use, like the size of the words when you're writing it? If you do? Yeah, there's another thing, APA format versus MLA. So in high school, they taught us MLA, and they're like, you're going to need to know this for college. I haven't been in one college class that they were like, do this in MLA. Everything is APA, and APA style is kind of similar, but there's a lot of differences. So like you do Times New Roman font, you do the size 12 uh, one inch borders, double spaced, um, and then you, so that kind of helps you hit your word count, but at the same time, it's still eight, nine pages. I know someone that had to write a 20 page paper, and I'm like, that is a long way from. It just don't seem like high school and college, they intertwine information where it seems yeah. like you're learning something different in high school than more so within what you have to learn in college. A lot of unlearning, it feels like. It's almost like you have to relearn things that in high school they told you that you understood. Um, so simple, that writing. You, as someone who, you know, always excelled in writing in high school, you know, got to college and was like, intimidated by having to write even five pages because yeah, yeah. I was like I can write you a page and a half because that's what I used to do in high school so I mean it just required a lot more preparation I don't feel like my high school taught us how to study um, and you see that now with a friend of mine who has had to study for her SIE and her series 7 license she for the first time in her life has truly had to learn how to study uh, and the struggles that come with that, because we didn't have that foundation of learning how to study, at, at least Look not. Look at that. School not even teaching us how to study. 
<laughs> like from the basic stuff. The basic like, stuff. Like the study. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like we never learned that. You know, another thing, finances. No, they, they definitely, they weren't teaching nobody about finances, whether it be taxes, um, learning how to, your checkbook, balance a checkbook, the importance of credit. Like, that's just not something that we were being taught. We had to go out there in the world and figure out, oh, that's what happens when I max out a credit card. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, collections and how that affects you or even how loans affect you and paying that back or how to get a mortgage. These are things that you go into 100%. blind as an adult because unless you have, you know, the aid of the classes that you may be able to take for, you know, first buyers or having, you know, family support that they can kind of walk you through the process mm -hmm. and be there to hold your hand. But it's not something that even college has taught me, at yeah. least. They're like, unless you're in that sort of field or that major, they're not going to really... But you would think that would be important, though. You know, at least I would think that that, that be would a, be important. To be a functioning adult, it yeah, sure right. is. You know, looking on the outside inward, you're like... None of this, again, it goes back to that whole trope of when am I going to use this? You know, the geometries that I've never seen. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, I'm not, you know, paying up my phone bill using, you know, the Pythagorean theorem. So for me, <laughs> <laughs> taking you back, A squared, B squared, <laughs> C squared, everybody can remember that, but I cannot tell you the tax rate. I just no, don't. No, absolutely not. I think what I had to learn, especially with finances, is also still learning how to manage and save money. And Troy was talking about it, our stepdad was talking about it, how even adults mm -hmm. don't even necessarily understand how even credit works and establishing credit, which is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, because he's um, a personal banker. He's actually in management now. So he goes to different, you know, locations, different schools. He's been to middle schools, um, high schools, and even, you know, to the out of school level yeah. with nurses. And he said at every single level, there's people that um, don't understand credit or, or don't know how to get a mortgage or some one lady doesn't even pay with credit cards. She doesn't use credit cards. So <laughs> she doesn't own a home because she always rents because she has an established credit or, or she can't, you know, get a loan because she has no credit. So it's like you have all this money and all this income, but you don't understand the importance of credit because you can't get anything right. without it. But that goes to just the education that, that some and a lot of people just wasn't afforded because it just it wasn't in schools and if you didn't have a parent that understood credit and finances it, you had to really go out there into the world and learn and learn it on your own but like, oh this is what happens if, if I don't have any credit I can't qualify for a car I have yeah. to keep buying the car outward with just money and cash mm -hmm. or I have a really high interest rate when I have to go get a car or whenever I have to get a mortgage or learning how to budget you know that hood rich mentality of <laughs> You don't, you have money now, but like long term, how do you keep that money exactly. and sustain it and maintain it and have a savings? And, and I learned that lesson 
still kind of learning it just because we're still relatively young. So there's a lot of budgeting plans that I need to follow through on. I, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say I've cracked the code on budgeting, but I've you gotten better, a lot better, though. Definitely yeah, a lot better. Lot better. You know, yeah. you learn the importance of credit when you mess it up. So yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I, it goes within getting a phone, mm -hmm. just simple as getting a phone, to getting a house. Like, to even getting a... a a bank account. Yeah. A checking yeah. account. You have to yeah. prove that you, you don't, don't owe people credit. money. Yeah, like you owe people money, they won't allow you to have a checking account. Yeah. It's like a, just a trickle down effect. Like it can affect just from the smallest of things to the biggest of things. Yeah. I know someone that at the current job that I work way back when, when they applied for it, uh, they were told, hey, do you think you can pay down your credit? We can't really offer you the job until you pay what you owe. And really? this person owed about forty, sixty thousand, 60000 and something else. And she's like, no, I can't come up with $60,000 in two weeks. So I guess I'm not going to get the job. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Right there, right out. He's like, of course, because if I had that, I wouldn't be applying here. So I, I guess you're going to have to write me off. Another thing I would say um, is that there isn't any true guidance for future careers as far as for being exposed to diverse career options. You know, there's hundreds of majors at just my school, and I can name maybe 15, 15 strong ones, because I, I, don't, I don't know the spectrum of exactly what we can do majoring in because we didn't really see that diversity um in the school system right. they didn't introduce any of that to us like oh you know you could always go do this or there's right. an avenue for this or even just college in general it was just a, a different conversation where it wasn't more so especially with the guidance counselors they just weren't saying you know what even if you don't want to go to college there's different alternatives like you can go to a trade school you can uh, be an HVAC, learn how to fix ACs, an automobile where you're fixing cars, the fact you're helping like construction, working on people's roofs. Like it wasn't, it just wasn't a lot more conversation about what there was else outside of college because some people just they're not able to do the college thing. So it was just really, it was really, um, it was a struggle back then. I'm just happy that it's starting to become more of a conversation where they're doing different things now in school to help the kids. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, college definitely isn't the only way. We understand that now more than ever. Uh, but I feel like there was a time where that was the only thing like being poured into yeah. us, especially in our uh, like high school life back then. Uh, it was just, okay, well, no, everybody take your SAT and your yes, ACT because yep. you got to go to college and no matter. College or military, that's what they was preaching us. That was pretty much <laughs> either one of those was your, your only way of making it. So I feel with um, that narrative, a lot of people feel boxed in or they, they feel like there's no other way right. to to make it in life and you see with the generation after us uh that they're like no i'm good off that or yeah. they'll find something else they're like no i don't really want to do things that i don't want to do so um college is now uh, a secondary thought as opposed to the primary to 
And I still think it's important too. I believe college is important. I just think it's more on the individual basis than more so just on a general basis where that individual, for them, it might be helpful for them, but for someone else, it's just, they, it just not be as helpful for them as it is for someone else. I agree. And I feel if you don't feel good in high school, like about learning or if it's just not your passion or if it doesn't make you happy, you don't have to force college to try to make it work. Because if you don't like it in high school, you're not going to like it in college. Uh, as far as for learning, there's a lot of things that I really, really enjoyed about um, college. But I also experienced other things outside of college. You know, I took a whole year and a half off of school um, and experienced the real world, worked a a real job, work life and everything like that. And I was like, you know, for me, college is an elevation to get to my next step of where I want to go. But I learned working in corporate America that this ain't really for me or this is not the route that I want to go. And it's two different worlds once you start doing the college thing and then when you actually have to go outside into like the working field, like the corporate America side of it. Yeah, college is like a buffer. I would say it's like your first real experience of freedom, but it's also its own little realm of like life. There's a a false reality in college for a lot of people. I wouldn't say for everybody because there's definitely some people that have to work and pay for their way um, and they kind of understand they're like oh no like this is one side of the whole picture um, so I feel that you it's almost like it's own second realm yeah. of reality and it's, it's especially when their expectation is once I get my degree I'm gonna come out here and make X amount of dollars whether it be a hundred thousand ninety thousand dollars a year yeah, as if the uh, degree is the golden ticket. Yeah, like this, here you go, now I can make such yeah. and such money now. When in reality, that does not how it works, right? They don't understand how competitive the job and market experience is. And experience need. that you need. So it's like you hand in your degree and you're like, I've got a degree. Yeah, so do 30 other people right. applying for the same position. Plus 10, 15 years Yeah, of you're Yeah, you're not competing with the, the same 20, 21-year-olds right. that you were in college. There's 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds applying right. for the same job. Uh, so it kind of, you have to kind of get into that reality. And I would say another thing that college should, you know, try to implement as much as they can, of course, because courses, but, you know, learning how to negotiate a salary. That's true. That's definitely not something because when they give you that offer, a lot of times there's a range. So knowing what I know now, working five years in corporate America, there's a range of money that they have to offer for that job. So it can to give you a random range. It's like, let's say it's forty nine thousand to about sixty four to sixty five thousand. That's the range of the salary for that position. So people go in there, they'll offer you, let's say, oh, we want to give you the job. Uh, we'll offer you uh, 52000 What do you think about that? New people off the block are like, that's it. That's yeah, the money yeah. I've been looking but, for. But I just be so excited about just hearing just, I got the job get and I'm getting this amount of money. Don't necessarily know the education behind it. I can negotiate a bigger amount of money that yeah. I can get. And understanding what negotiation looks like, not just coming back with a counteroffer, learning what counteroffer actually is and explaining 
how your qualifications qualify you for more of uh, a bump in your pay. So you could come back with a counter offer. Don't go crazy. Don't be like 62. That's me. But <laughs> I want the biggest. But, you know, coming back a counter offer, I'm, I'm thinking more 56. I was looking for more of a range of 56 and learning how to negotiate that. Another thing, learn how to sell yourself. A lot of people just answer the questions. They get asked the question, they yeah. answer the question. They don't know or learn how to tailor it to themselves to make themselves, while answering the question, boasting and selling yourself, making memorable sort of answers, not just saying, oh, you know, uh, today, well, back then I learned how to do this and that's how I would implement it here. More so deep diving into what specifics you learned and how those specifics translate into the key points of the question that they're asking. These are things that I've only learned having been on interviews, having been promoted in my current position, having the three roles and moving up the ladder that way. I've learned that through practice. A lot of these questions now aren't, well, why, why do you think you're, you're a good fit for this job? They have never asked me that question. Now jobs are doing scenario-based questions yeah, where they give you a scenario and based on your experience, you key tailor it. A lot of people try to go broad and that's not what they're looking for. Right. They're like, Specific. you know, like tell me about a time when you did this. Well, if you don't have that experience, you would, you talk in hypotheticals and you keep it broad and that's not going to help you. Or just talking, you just don't know what you're talking you about. You just don't know what you're talking about. So I think you have to learn how to be specific and specifically answer a question. Tell me about a time when you did this and how did it turn out? There was this one time with this one man at this one location yeah. where this, you have yeah. to be specific. Yeah. Not... Well, there was a time when I did this with the guests and everything like that. No, no, no. There was a time on a Tuesday when the lights went out that I was able yeah. to, like, you have to kind of pour into that mm -hmm. because that makes the difference between getting a position and not getting a position. And I've learned that going on the interviews that I've been on. That's one thing. I can't tell you a single class, a single course that no, taught me that. No. Life experiences is doing that. Yes, and also learning practical interviewing and how to look to deliver the answers. These ums and these ohs. I think we have to learn that pausing to think up an answer is appropriate. Yeah. And it's not, you don't, you don't have to fill up dead air. You can also ask, can I have a moment? You tell to me that all the time too. Yeah, be, don't be afraid to pause. And then answer. Like it's okay to have that dead air. And if you feel like, oh, can you can you repeat the question so you can hear it again? That's not wrong. You can repeat the question. A lot of interviews are like, yeah, you know, this is like a three-part question. So let me know if you have to if I have to re-ask it or if you need to. Or hey, can I have a minute to kind of think about my answer because I want to deliver the best kind of. I have to really kind of load in what I'm thinking. You can ask for those moments. They're not gonna be like, oh, she. She had to think about it. <laughs> like, that's not the interview process because they're human too. You know, they might be the hiring manager, everything like that, but behind the scenes, these are human people that can understand the um, pressure that being on an interview can, can do to a person. So understanding that as well uh, is very important. And that's not something I learned. And teaching them about interviews too. Yeah. That ain't something that, that was just being taught. Like I think mock school. interviews are have been such a huge part of my journey. And I was able to do mock interviews with my old manager who really took the time to pour in that that 
energy to me. I used him as a resource um, because that is ultimately what gets you the job is the interview. You, the resume got you in the door. The interview gets you the job. Uh, so learning the difference between that is something that definitely it wasn't harped on enough in school. I agree. Talking points, learning how to speak. Public speaking, I didn't think it was important because I'm like, I'm not giving any speeches. What are you talking about? Every opportunity to speak out loud is a public speech. What do you think? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Especially because it's not just where you'll just be speaking in front of a crowd. There's going to mm-hmm. be times, whether it be in the work field or you're talking with people, mm-hmm. that especially if you're trying to network, that that's going to be important too, especially if you can just relay your point across so people don't, you're not talking in circles, like mm-hmm. people just going to be able to understand what you're saying. So there's certain points you got to get off, you just boom, boom, boom. So I would just, I would think that's going to be important just in everyday life. Absolutely. I, I feel like it wasn't a required class for me, but I did take public speech as an elective in college. Uh, and to this day, it's still been quite beneficial, the things that I did learn. I mean, not necessarily the speeches that I gave, but the overall concept of learning how to walk in a room of people you don't know and speak without, you know, how, you know, your yeah, hands get sweaty, nervous, yeah. you, your, your exactly. throat gets dry, like you get cotton mouth, like you're like, I couldn't possibly speak. But overcoming that, no matter introvert, extrovert, everyone gets nervous. Um, but learning how to take that nervousness and transfer it into something else. Because right. you'll walk into pretty much every interview a little bit nervous, if not a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't know what they're going to ask, you don't know if you have the answer, and you don't know if they're going to like you. So mm-hmm. all of those or how you'll react or how you'll react. Like you're just going to, what if they give me a question? I just stare at them. Yeah, exactly. Like, just, it just blanks, it just blanks just... quietly. And you're like, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So you I got nothing for you, Jimmy. I got nothing. <laughs> I didn't, I haven't had that experience. Next question. <laughs> Next question. What else do you have for me? I plead the fifth. I plead the <laughs> Exactly. So I just feel like uh, there's a lot of things that I I would like to tweak about our education system and and what we put value in and what we stress uh, versus, you know, real world. I, of course, school can't prepare you for everything in the real world. I've learned a lot externally than internally. Um, and it I, can help though. It, it can, can definitely help steer you in the help, right direction. Though. It can help yeah. you steer in the right direction because ultimately school, degrees, everything like that, it's not the um, workbook of life. It's not the guide that's gonna keep you there. It's just the concepts that you can build off of and translate into real world experiences. Right. And they still can make strides to be able to help people. Like I don't think they should just be so content with where they at now? And no, we doing like a pretty good job. No, they should continue to make strides to be able to help because these are their students at the end of the day. Like, yeah. Do they care about the students or not? You know. This is the the future, the next exactly. generation of whatever is to come. So let's set them up for success. But that's just been another episode of Siblings Off Topic. We appreciate you listening. I've been Jazz, and this is Damien. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.